you got your Bible tonight, I want you to uh, do something with it. <laughs> Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so glad that you're in our lives. We're so glad that you're on our side, that you're for us. We're so glad that we have an opportunity to hear from heaven, to study your word. We so highly value and esteem the things that you say. We ask you now, teach us by your spirit. Show us things to come. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we may walk in the fullness of what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, we've been uh, in a series on Wednesday nights called The Dynamic Duo. So uh, let's talk some more about the dynamic duo. Who is the dynamic duo anyway? (laughs) Well, obviously one of them is you, and the other one is the Holy Spirit, all right? And so we are called to work together with the Spirit of God in our lives. Let me just rehearse this main thought and principle. Uh, it's not that God is going to do stuff and we are going to sit back and watch. That's not the ideal scenario, okay? Not how God intends to do His business in the earth. It always is connected to a person believing what He says and acting on His Word, taking the resources He has equipped us with, the Word, the Spirit, the authority in His name. We act on those things, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and works with us. Together, we can do what we ourselves cannot do. And together, we can do what God Himself cannot do. And when I say cannot, I didn't, that wasn't a slip of the tongue. Say God can do anything. Well, He has all power, but the way things are in the earth, things must go through human beings, all right? Did Jesus have to go to the cross for us to be redeemed? The answer is yes. You saying God couldn't have saved us another way? Yes. But God can do anything. Well, (laughs) He has all power, but He must move through legal channels to get things done. All right? I could go off on a really long tangent here that I don't really want to, (laughs) okay? Sometimes I, you know, speak myself into a corner and thinking, all right, I'm going to have to explain that now. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we can just go by this. Jesus prayed the prayer. If there is another way, he said, let this cup pass from me. We can take by that because he went through with it that there was no other way. That was the only way that a person could be saved. All right. Now, again, when God moves in the earth today to bring help and bring out His plan, it must be a cooperation between He and His church, He and people. We are here, uh, and we have flesh, and we have earth suits. This gives us the right to be here. And as long as you have a body, you can operate in the earth. 
The moment your body stops functioning, you can't affect the earth anymore. You leave. And so God works with us. Um, I find it interesting before we read 2 Corinthians, but Jesus made mention, for example, in Matthew 12, 28, he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Say, who cast out the demons? Well, Jesus said, if I do. But notice, he, he mentioned, if I do it by the Spirit. Another place, another rendition of that, another book. He said, by the finger of God. In other words, he, does, he didn't do the things that he did by himself. Jesus cast out spirits and demons by the Spirit. The Spirit didn't cast them out. Jesus cast them out. Right? Jesus did it by the Spirit. That means if the Spirit wasn't involved, Jesus could not have done it. So how do we know that? Look at, well, we don't have much record, but the first 30 years of his life, he did no miracles. Jesus the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, sinless life. He was the second Adam, did no miracles. We know that because he said the miracle at Cana that was of Galilee, that was the beginning of miracles. So he did none until he was anointed by the Spirit. Then he, by the Spirit, did stuff. But the Spirit didn't cast out demons. Jesus did by the Spirit. I'm just praying that the Lord would take this evil spirit or this sickness or something like this away from me. He doesn't do that. We do that by the Spirit. In other words, if there's not a person filled with the knowledge of God's will and God's ways, nothing gets done. That, how many understand that that's why it's vital that we do what we're doing here now? Because, say, well, people just need to get saved. Well, listen, a person who gets saved, of course, that's the goal, but then doesn't find out who they are and what they have and what they can do and how God wants to work through them, that means the devil will run roughshod over this planet. It is only when a believer finds out they're part of the equation and that they have authority, that they have His name, they have an anointing, and that they can do things by the Spirit, does God get anything done? Amen. In other words, if believers are not trained and taught to work with the Lord and understand what's theirs and so forth, the world will not be saved. Many, many more people will, uh, will miss heaven if you and I are not taught to do something with what we've been given. This is why it is a great shame that people can, and I have some experience with this growing up, but people can be saved and be so ineffective in the kingdom of God, because they sit in, again, I don't know how, uh, another way to say it, they sit in dead places and receive no revelation 
no understanding. They go through emotion. They have some Christian habits, but they are not bold. They are not powerful. They, do, they are not a threat to the enemy's work. They simply are cruising through life. The Lord absolutely needs someone, like the example I read, to cast, do the casting out so the Spirit can go to work. If I don't speak to the mountain, it's not moving. Hmm. Someone said, well, the Lord moves mountains. Stop talking like that. Stop singing about it. (laughs) Jesus said, if you would say unto the mountain, Mark 11, 23, be removed and cast into the sea and will not doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. But again, who has to talk to the mountain? Well, I'm just praying that the Lord would move this situation and take care of this problem. uh, Stop. I'm saying this nice, I think. I mean it nice, but quit it. Stop talking to the Lord about the devil. Stop praying to the Lord uh, that he would take away your problems. We must recognize that it is our place to speak to mountains. It is our place to cast things out. Jesus talked about binding and loosing. And he said whatever is done on earth will be done in heaven. There is a, a, a rightful place for every child of God to stand up and start declaring His ways and His word. When we speak, that's when the Spirit of God takes hold together with us against situations, against uh, circumstances. It's when we pray. And again, and again I'm not dismin- diminishing prayer in any way. But, and there are things that we pray for and the Holy Spirit hooks up with us. Grabs a hold of things with us to pray. But when you're dealing with certain things in your life, praying a lot of times is just uh, getting understanding, getting direction. It's finding out the, uh, you know, what to do and so forth. And, and then it's also praise and thanksgiving, which empowers us. Praying in the Spirit builds up the believer. All right? But why do we do that? So we can be strong and we can speak to a mountain. If there's chaos and if there's strife and if there's all kinds of junk going on in your home, what should you do? Well, again, I'm not taking any way, anything away from acting right. That's important. But sometimes if it is a spiritual battle, speak to that thing, man. Speak peace. Speak prosperity. Speak comfort. Speak words of life over your home and over your, your, your family and your job. And speak. <laughs> Say, why? Because Jesus said to do it. Right. Amen. He spoke to problems all day long. Spoke to fig trees. Spoke to fever. And, uh, and he said, if you will say to the mountain, you can move it. Amen. We've got to give something for the Holy Spirit to hook up with he's waiting for words to ride on glory to God glory to God well let's try it again 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 I don't know how I'm going to get anywhere when I intro that long (laughs) verse uh, 14 13 14 very last verse and it says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I want you to notice that very last phrase there, the communion of the Holy Spirit. That word translated communion is the word koinonia in the Greek. And one of the definitions of that word, you can look it up in a Strong's Concordance yourself, it means partnership. All right? What do you mean? The love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the partnership with the Holy Spirit. See, this is the mindset that the Lord has towards us, His body, that we would work together with Him. Again, we must rid ourselves of if God's going to do it, He's going to do it. I'm just waiting on God to do it. All right? Well, listen, if He said something to you about that, fine. But we need to be people of action. We need to be those who initiate, those who take steps of faith, those who get the car rolling so the Lord can begin to steer it. And it is a partnering with God that is essential if anything is going to get done. It's not Him doing it. It's not us doing it. It's us doing it. <laughs> it's the Spirit of God and us working together to get things done. Now, now let's look over at John 14. John chapter 14. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is such a huge advantage in life. To be saved is one thing, and that's forever. But as far as this life, How many know it's essential that we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit to help us? Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to look at, uh, well, I've got seven things. We'll see how far we get, hopefully all of them. Seven functions or purposes of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All right, the first one is something that we've uh, discussed in the last few weeks. But again, John 14, verse 16 Jesus said, and I will pray the Father that he may give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And so first of all, understand, and I know this is broad and this is, uh, applies to many situations, but why is the Holy Spirit in our lives? Why did Jesus stress the importance of a person receiving the Holy Spirit? Because he said he would help you. I need help. <laughs> you need help? I need help. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us. There's no way we can have a supernatural church. We can't lead supernatural Christian lives if it's not for a supernatural helper. And he is here to help us really in things natural and spiritual, natural and supernatural. He is here to help. Uh, You know, the Amplified Bible, I've always liked that of that verse. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. Amen. What is he doing for us? Well, he's doing all those things. Those are some of the ways that he helps us. Does the Holy Spirit help some people more than others? Don't don't answer super quick now, unless you get it right. Does he help some more than others? Think about it for a moment. All right? (laughs) 
Some will say, well, God is no respecter of persons. You're right. He doesn't play favorites. So what's available to one is available to all. However, (laughs) he does help some more than others. And the very reason for that is some people look to him for help. And many people live, I'm sorry to say, but even believers live their lives as if he were non-existent. As if he weren't there. They're saved. They may pray a little bit. They may go to church. But for the most part, they live their lives the same as the person who doesn't know the Lord. Not relying upon his help. I mean, I don't know. It could be kind of rude. I mean, think about it. I'm kind of just coming up with things on the spot here. But... uh, (laughs) But uh, Pastor Mickey's the Holy Spirit, and he's here, and, and, and he's here to do what for me? He's here to help me, and so he's all he's going to stick pretty close, and wherever I go, he's always there to help, right? Whatever I do, whether I do something spiritual and pray, you know, whatever I do, just need strength, need answers, need. You know, got to minister to the sick and minister uh, life to people and, and, and uh, minister to the lost. But think about it. If, I'm go, if, if I would go through life, and let's say, uh, you know, maybe it's been a year. And I haven't used him once. If I haven't looked to his ability once, that's kind of rude. I mean, I mean, he wants to do something, don't you? I mean, people with ability like to use their ability. Isn't that true? If you've got an ability to do something, you want to do it. If you, if you can play the piano, you like to play the piano. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You go to the mall or something or... Go to the store and they got keyboards. You're over there. You're over. Oh, let's go play this a little bit. Because you can. If you have an ability to do something, you want to do it. You're given towards that. You're looking for an opportunity to do, to put your gift, your ability into motion. I imagine if he weren't God, he could be pretty frustrated <laughs> with a lot of believers. I mean, here he, he is all-powerful, all-knowing. Very gracious and kind. Very potent. Sees the enemy's work. Sees how people's lives are in bondage. Sees how they're being all twisted up with sin and torment and all kinds of pain and problems. And what does he want to do? Wants to fix it. Wants to make it right. But here we go. Going through life. Lord, whatever you want to do. Just have your way, Lord. What is, he, what is the Lord waiting for us to do? For me to speak to the sinner. For me to move and act and, and act like God's Word is true. And as soon as I do, then he gets put into motion. He gets to use what's, what's his. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen.
He's here to help. Let's not ignore. Say, well, I don't really know. And that's a good illustration, but I don't really know how this works practically. Well, the very beginning is, Lord, how? Spirit, teach me to work with you. Teach me how I can put into action and put into motion what you're itching to do. (laughs) Amen. And that's one of the things, that's one of the points, that's my second point, but, uh, but he wants to do these things. And so he's here to help us if we don't know how it works. So I don't know how, to, how, this, how this all comes together. Good news, he talks. Amen. But again, he does help some more than others. And that's, uh, of course, many people are just ignorant of him. And while uh, others, they live too much in the natural to be conscious of his leadings. It's just all a natural life. But we know we're not living just in a physical realm. There's a spirit realm and a physical realm. These things work together. And when we know that, we could start yielding. All right? He's trying to help you. Let him. Let him. You know there's no situation, there's no circumstance that has come at you or that you've stumbled upon that took him by surprise. (laughs) You may have been surprised. You know, we've all, I think, been surprised at some events and some things he's never been surprised say what what do you mean by that i know this he's ready before it even happened to help me get victory over it he's already prepared with answers and we need to look to him we need to yield to him and say help that's what he does amen you ever heard of someone about about to get in a wreck and they said help and it supernaturally turned around? Well, it's because what he that's what he does. That's what he's there for. <laughs> he's there to help. Amen. All right. Well, it should be a normal part of our lives to talk about and, and, and listen to and refer to the Holy Spirit, how he's speaking to us and leading us. Here's number two. Number two, he is here not only to help, but he is here to teach. He's here to teach. And that's uh, John 14, 26. 1426 says but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you a couple things huh <laughs> all things and bring to your remembrance all things that i said to you okay and so he will teach us all things how many know that even when a person a human being is teaching like i am doing now that in reality it is if anything good's happening, you know, it is the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. And this, this is helpful for all of us that we, can, that we look beyond and not diminishing any human vessel and how God might use them, but that we look beyond the human being and recognize that ultimately it is the Holy Spirit who's our teacher. Therefore, if there's no physical human being present, you know, you can still be taught by the Lord. Okay, and even with there's if there's someone who's teaching and, uh, you know, maybe maybe they don't know everything. Well, no one does. <laughs> but I've had many times when I've sat listening in a service like this to someone teach the word. And while they're teaching, the Lord gives me extra stuff that didn't even come out of the person's mouth. I like that. But what does that tell me? The Lord is not limited 
to any one human being and, and how much they know and what they're delivering. But we get in an environment where the Spirit of God is allowed to move and, and speak and we are paying attention. We're not just ignoring Him. Man, I tell you what, you can get answers. You can get instructed. You can get solutions to problems and all kinds of things that don't even necessarily come out verbally out of one person's mouth. This is an environment right here, right now. I tell you what, if you have things that you're looking to God for help in, for answers, for direction, look to Him now. Amen. You can even seek Him while I'm speaking. It may come right out of my mouth. That's happened many a times, but I may not even know it. I may not even say it, but you get it anyway. You get it anyway. The Lord has given me direction for our church and vision for the future in church services, and nobody said a thing. There's, you know, I'm paying attention. Nice and good and, you know, learning and growing and getting fed. And in the middle of it, the Lord, it's like the Lord can drop a whole, a whole bunch in your heart real quick. You know how if I'm communicating, it takes me a while to say something. Sometimes it's amazing. I mean, supernatural. But the Lord can give you a whole bunch just like that. I've had that happen when, before when I'm preparing a message like this and preparing to teach that I may pray and pray and pray and not really know yet what to do and what the direction is. And uh, and sometimes it takes me a while, a while, hours, you know, to study something out and pull things together. And there's other times, it's it's amazing. It's like five minutes and I've got the whole thing. It's like, nice. I mean, I couldn't say it. It took me an hour to say it, but the Lord drops it all inside of me, and I, th- I see it. And I see, okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about this, 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 and this, and this scripture goes here, and this scripture goes here, and this scripture goes here, and let's do it. And wow, I like that. I wish you'd do that every time. <laughs> I mean, I could get a message in between swings. But the Lord does want me to study to show myself approved. <laughs> a workman that needs not be ashamed, right? And so he's able to do it. And I tell you what, as we look to him, sometimes he does do things like that. Just a whole bunch all at once. It's like prosperity. How many know a general principle is that we increase more and more? All right. Generally, people are going to prosper more and more as their mind is renewed and as they grow and sow and reap and all this kind of stuff. But you know there are occasions where the Lord prospers a person all at once. Where they go from uh, very little to a whole lot. You know, he did that with with, uh, Israel coming out of Egypt. They were slave nation, remember, for 400 years. And then there was the mighty display of, of... judgment and power with the with the ten plagues and all that stuff and uh and and right before they left uh the lord moved supernaturally and he told all his people that he was bringing out he said go get their stuff you know go ask them for their their stuff and they'll give it to you and 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 uh, and they did and when they walked out of egypt finally after all that fiasco with pharaoh and his hard heart and everything they walked out of there and they cleaned their clocks on the way out they took their they took their watches and their necklaces and their you know they took their extra cars and or their main car and 
you know, they didn't have that, but you know, you know what I'm saying, is uh, they asked them for stuff, and they gave it to them. They walked out and said they plundered them, yeah. you know. They walked, they, here's what it said, they came out with silver and gold. Yeah. They walked out with all the nice stuff. They went from slave nation to wealthy nation. I mean, where'd they get that? Of course, they abused it. You know, they made a calf with a lot of that gold. That was dumb. How many, that kind of blows a hole in some of that thinking where people say, well, the Lord's just not blessing me because he knows I don't know how to handle it. No, he'll bless you with it anyway and then put, and leave it up to you. He really will. He'll leave it up to you to do what's right with it. He's not hold, holding it back because, because you might make the wrong mistake, wrong decision with some of your, some of your money. Yeah, you might. Don't. That's a good word, huh? Just don't. <laughs> it's like sin. Stop it. Good advice. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> it will. It will eat your lunch. <laughs> it's bad. Don't do it. Amen. Anyway, the Lord's our teacher. The Lord is our teacher, and so that's something we can say. In fact, let's do it. Let's do that for a moment. Take a moment. Close your eyes. Say this after me. The Lord is my teacher. He is teaching me. He is teaching me. He's explaining things to me. And I have understanding. Amen. Amen. It's a good idea. Just, uh, you know, wouldn't hurt just to say that for a while. Say, the Lord is teaching me. The Lord is teaching me. Man, when you understand, when you have, have knowledge and revelation... That goes a long way in every aspect of life. It even says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 that it's the anointing. He said, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Amen. Not saying that you don't need or have any use for human teachers God does anoint people to teach but ultimately again it is the Holy Spirit who does the teaching all right number three is the second part of that verse that we read in 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 John John 14 there in verse 26 he and he says the second part and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us of things that he has already said. How many know in order to be reminded, you first have to be minded? <laughs> Amen. It's like the person praying for revival and they've never had revival. <laughs> in order to be reminded, you must be minded. What does that say to me? Goes back to he's my teacher. And I need to be giving my mind to the word of God. And what the Lord has said. And it does a person great benefit to stock up. Yeah, I realize this, that with all the teaching we do here, you know, most of it is not retained, at least in our conscious mind where we can just immediately call things back. But listen, if we're really trusting Him while we're hearing the Word of God, it's in there. I think about our Bible school students who... Man, they are getting stuff poured into them hours at a time over, over the school year. And I think, there's no way they're going to remember all that, but they have a reminder. Yes. 
the Holy Spirit, like that string around a finger, He will remind you. In other words, there'll be situations that come up. There'll be times when you need uh, to know uh, what the Lord says, what the Word says. And as we look to the Holy Spirit, who's there the whole time, one of His express purposes is to bring back to our remembrance what we've already got. You're not wasting any time reading the Word. You're not wasting any time being taught the Word in a service like this or another format. It's never a waste. I can't remember it all. Don't worry. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. And when the time, uh, you know, when you have need, He'll bring it back to you. How many know when you get full enough of something, you can be like a sponge, and it doesn't take much, and you get poked, and there it comes out. Right? And you get full enough of the Word of God and, and understanding. You get poked in life by a situation and whoop, there it comes out. Amen? But the Holy Spirit will remind us and bring things back to our remembrance. Sometimes uh, you'll think, well, I've never even heard that before. But in reality, you did. You just forgot. This doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't ever bring things to our mind that we have never heard. He can do that and does do that. But uh, a big part of his assignment in your life is to bring things to your remembrance. All right, number four. Number four, it says in the 16th chapter here of John, and verse 8, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit, one of his purposes, one of the reasons he's here is to convict. The word convict means to convince. You ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I, I tell you what, if it wasn't for His conviction in our lives, none of us would be here. None of us would be saved if He hadn't convinced us. You, you, you know, He used the words of somebody else, but He worked with them and convinced us that we were sinners and needed a Savior. He convinced us of these things. And that's one of the things he still does. For those of you who are interested, and I hope it's like 100%, who are interested in the world being one, in lost people being saved and coming to Jesus, you need to know. He's with you. Everywhere you go, you go into Taco Bell, and there's someone there <laughs> that needs Jesus. He's with you, waiting for someone to help waiting for a word to be spoken he's he's with you wherever you go and when we speak he takes it and convicts he brings conviction trust that trust that he will do it so i'm not good at that man i've just not trust him say something jesus loves you and he takes it and drives it home. Not one person can convince another person of anything. You can't reveal truth. You can't convince. You're not going to talk a person into accepting the Lord. I'm telling you, it just doesn't work. I've tried. <laughs> you can't make it happen. But you use what you've been given and trust. You see, faith is involved in everything we do. You don't witness to an unbeliever without faith. Amen. 
I heard something recently about how one of the greatest tools in the enemy's hand is the gospel preached without any anointing. Because it just dulls people to it. It doesn't have any impact. That's why it's essential. If you're ever going to share anything with anyone, what the Lord says, have faith. Trust that when you do it, He is going to get involved with it and drive it home and reveal something to a person. To, that He will convict them and it will be a real supernatural event. I tell you what, I'm stirred to trust Him even more in this area. So that there's a strong conviction that comes upon sinners. And when they gather around us, they're not condemned by us. But we speak the truth in love. And a strong, at times overwhelming, it seems, conviction comes in a person's life. Glory to God. And they're converted. They're changed. And we realize, wow, that was easy. We were just stepping out in faith and he helped us by bringing conviction amen number five number five he is here to guide he is here to guide john 16 and verse 12 verse 12 i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come all right number five he does guide think about uh you know like someone would guide a a a, a blind person excuse me hearing or visually impaired i'm just kidding (laughs) But like someone would guide someone who can't see, why would they do that? Well, again, because the person doesn't see. They don't know where to go. Have you ever had that in your life? Even though you may be able to physically see, you didn't know where to go. You didn't know what to do. You didn't know which direction to go. That's one of the reasons he's in your life. He's looking for an opportunity for someone to look to him and trust him to guide them. This is another big area I think we should exercise faith in regularly. What is that? He's leading me. He is guiding me. He is ordering my steps aright. Amen. Let's say it out loud for a moment. Close your eyes. Think about it. Meditate. Say, thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit is guiding me. He's leading me. Amen. Amen. That'd be something, especially if you're in a tough situation or in an area of confusion or gray or dark. You don't know what to do. Don't know where your next step is. Trust Him. And I'd tell you what to do if I knew. I don't know what you should do. He does. Huh? I mean, I know in general principle, but I don't know specifically just what the Lord's telling you to do. But He knows. And so take some time. Maybe you take 10 minutes or 20 minutes and you just think about that very thing and you just thank him over and over Lord you're guiding me I trust you that you're leading me I know what to do I know where to go you're directing my steps everything I need to know I know right in time 
Amen. Take some time with that. Meditate. He's leading. He's guiding you. Don't say, I don't know what to do. Say, I do know what to do. He's leading me. <laughs> Amen. Number six. Number six. Uh, and that is out of the same verse there. Um, last part. He will tell you things to come. Number six, I wrote it this way. He'll show you the future. He'll show you the future. Isn't that amazing? That's something we cannot get anywhere else. Hmm. Don't go to the palm reader. Don't go to, you know, don't go to any person. Don't even go seeking out to find a prophet to tell you what to do. Prophets are, you know, that's a real ministry in the New Testament. How many know, but, uh, but that's an Old Testament mindset to go find a prophet to find out what the Lord is saying. Find out what you're supposed to do. In the New Testament, we all, as believers, have the Holy Spirit. And those who are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. And one of the things He's there to do, remember, He's with you. He's there. What does He want? He wants to show you what's coming. Wow. He wants to give you insight into the future. What advantage we have as believers. And I think so much of the time we have not taken advantage, maybe because we didn't take time to wait, or we simply didn't expect we didn't trust that He would do that, that He would reveal future events and show us what is coming. But He's the only one who can, and this is part of His job. Number seven, number seven, what is He here to do? He's here to glorify Jesus. It says in John 16 and verse 14, very next verse, He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me. This is probably one of the reasons why so often when a person is filled with and receives the Holy Spirit, their praise and worship life takes a step up. You can praise the Lord if you're not Spirit-filled. However, one of the things He will lead you to do is to glorify Jesus. And any person who spends time with the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm a spirit person. I just want to be have the power of the Spirit. You're going to be a person who worships God. You're going to be a person of praise. You're going to be a person who glorifies the Lord. Say, so I'm not really interested in that. You're not filled with the Spirit. <laughs> so yes, I am. I spoke with tongues. How, how long ago was that? Huh? I can tell you it's not a regular practice or you will be a worshiper. doesn't mean you're necessarily musical. That's not the same. You may not have musical gifts in your life, but that's not the same as being a worshiper. Amen. Sometimes people can be real musical and not have the right spirit of worship about them. If you were to choose between the two, go for the worship. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But if you're a musician as well, you can use that to glorify the Lord. But I'm telling you, if you are filled with the Spirit, there's something in you that jumps, that leaps. When, when we talk about Jesus, you just want to praise Him. You want to glorify Him. And if there's music, great. If there's not, you want to do it anyway. Amen. remember hearing one person who said he went to heaven, had a, had a vision, had an experience in heaven. He said... He said, when he, he, he said, glory to God or something like that, said hallelujah or something like that. He said everyone around him joined in. Yep. 
<laughs> All the angels immediately said, glory to God, hallelujah. They, was just, they were just so quick to praise God. Any excuse, any opportunity to give Him praise, they would be all over that. I have a feeling that's going to be a very common occurrence in heaven. Probably there won't be any time of the day, you know, and it's all day. Any time of the day where if you listened, you probably couldn't hear somebody somewhere in heaven giving God glory, giving Him thanks and praise. And one of the things the Spirit of God is in our lives to do here today, you know what, is to praise and is to glorify God. So how can I have Him help? Step out in faith. And when you say, Lord, I just give you praise, He's with you on that. And if sometimes you stay with it for a while, but maybe you've experienced this, where you start praising Him for a little bit, and you realize after a few minutes, it's just not you anymore. It's starting to roll out of you. It's, it, it start, it, it's starting to come out of you. Remember those who were filled with the Spirit? I, th- I think it was in, was it in Acts chapter 10? When they were, it said, uh, they were filled with the Spirit. The Spirit fell on them while Peter was speaking. I hope I got the right uh, case here. Yeah, and it says they uh, they heard them. They spoke with tongues and magnified God. I tell you, when a, when a person is filled with the Spirit, one of the characteristics of their life is they're going to magnify God. They're going to be a person a person of praise, a person of worship. Amen. How can I work with the Holy Spirit? How can we be dynamic together? This is one of the ways. Spend a whole lot of time. In praising because he will help you amen so we might ask the question you know will he help will he teach will he remind will he convict will he show will he guide will he glorify Jesus well that's the whole reason he's here he's on assignment and it's time for us to start taking him up on some of these things Amen. Start taking him up on the ability that he brings to our lives and, uh, and give him something to do. Give him something to work with. And when we begin to take steps of faith and trust him specifically in some of these areas, that's when we'll see this. Again, do some get more help, get taught more, get, do they see more? Are they, you know, do they have more of these things in their life? Absolutely they do because they look to Him. What you seek, you find. And when you look to Him, He'll be there to do it for you. He'll be there to help you. And how it's going to elevate our lives when we take advantage of these great opportunities. Amen. Amen. Father, tonight we're so glad so glad to be a part of the kingdom so thankful for the great and mighty Holy Spirit so thankful that he's in our lives and for all that he is here to do we're so grateful and Lord we're so thankful and we set our hearts even tonight to take advantage of and to work with the Holy Spirit in all the things that He enables and empowers us to do in, in this life. Father, I pray, may there not be a person who lives as if He's not there. Lives as if 
their life is but natural and carnal only. But may we all live with a supernatural element where we do and He helps. Where we step out and there He is. Lord, I thank You for helping us in these areas. Thank You for helping us to recognize where we should put our trust and our faith so that You can do great things in and through our lives. You're teaching us. You're leading us. Helping us. Thank You for showing us the future. Giving us direction for things to come. What a good God You are. Father, I pray and ask for any person tonight that's not right with You. There may be those who are not saved.